0: So I bet when you were thinking about church this morning, Pink Floyd was not one of the songs that you were thinking that you'd be hearing at church. Um, some of you were probably humming along. You know, you're you know, enjoying it. you know. And some of you were probably wondering, where am I? Am I at church? And is God going to strike Trent dead for allowing that song to be played on a Sunday morning? Well, today, we are going to talk about what that song is all about. That song's about money. And so we are going to talk about money today, and I think we're going to see it from a different perspective than many of us have seen it before. And the reality for all of us is that our lives, to some degree or another, revolve around money. We can't get away from the reality of that. How many of you would love to quit your job because you don't need money? Like most of us, it'd just be wonderful, you know, to quit or retire early or or whatever because money's not an issue for you. But we spend large amounts of time at work trying to earn money. We spend extra time on our days off trying to earn some more money. We lean forward. If we hear someone talking about how they became rich, If we find out someone became a millionaire in some way and they've got some strategy for us, we lean in a little bit. We want to hear a little bit more about that. Our lives, again, to some degree or another, revolve around the subject of money. We can't get away from that subject. There's one place that we do not like to hear about money. And guess what? You're sitting in it like you're here. And we don't like to hear pastors talk about money. We don't want to come into church and hear a message about money. And if you feel that way, I get it. I I understand how you feel. I think we've all seen uh, the TV pastors wearing $3,000 suits, begging people to give more money to their struggling ministry. And sometimes we look at these ornately decorated church buildings, and I don't know if these thoughts ever run through your mind, but sometimes they run through mine. And I think, do we really need that much building? Now, couldn't we take some of those resources and help people that are in need around that building? So we've all seen leaders misuse their platform to talk to people about money. There are moments that when a spiritual leader talks about money, I feel like I'm being conned by a used car salesman. No offense if you're a used car salesman. I'm not saying all used car salesmen are bad. I'm just saying that that there are moments when I hear spiritual leaders talk about money, I think, what are they doing? I mean, they're, they're trying to manipulate me to get some more money. And you may feel that way. Recently, I got a letter in the mail from a church in Oklahoma. Don't know if you've ever gotten any mail like this, but in this letter, there's all kinds of material here for me to look at. And the primary piece of this mailer is this thing called a prayer rug. Okay, this is called a prayer rug, it's a piece of paper. So, just so you know, it's not a rug it says on the back, it says, this prayer rug is soaked with the power of prayer for you. Use it immediately. And on the front, you probably can't see this very well, but there's a kind of a scary picture of Jesus and he has his eyes closed. And so the instructions at the bottom of this paper are that you are to look into the eyes of Jesus, his eyes are closed, stare in the eyes of Jesus until he opens his eyes and looks back at you which is a scary thing. (laughs) I've been looking since I've gotten this, and I have yet to see his eyes open. One eye is kind of partially open, but they both haven't opened, so I'm not sure what that means about me. (laughs) Then it says, once his eyes open, you are to go to be alone by yourself, kneel on this, or touch it to your knees, and then you're supposed to take this as quickly as possible. You're supposed to put it in this envelope and send it back with this letter. And this letter is a letter about the church and what they're doing and the needs that you have. So there's an opportunity for you to check your spiritual needs as well as an opportunity for you to give money back to them. And then there's a piece that shows all the incredible things that have happened to people who have given money back to this church who have done this who've prayed this prayer or prayed with this prayer cloth and saw Jesus eyes open so somebody got $5,000 somebody got $10,000 somebody got a big house somebody got 17 acres of land somebody got a new car and a new job and i just get weirded out when i read that kind of stuff i think that's just weird i feel like i'm being manipulated in order to give some money to this church So if you feel a little bit weird when a pastor talks about money, I get it. I I agree with you. I'm I'm in your spot. And as a pastor, there have been many times that I think, I don't want to talk about money. God and I have these arguments. And he says, hey, I think it's time to talk about money. And I'm like, I know you talk about money in the Bible. You talk about it a lot. But I would like to deal with it maybe once every 10 years. (laughs) Because I know how people feel about money. I feel the same way. I feel like they're going to feel like they're being manipulated. And I just don't want to do that. Now, the longer I've walked in my relationship with God, the more I've gotten to know some things about him. And he's reminded me on a regular basis, and he's changed how I perceive and how I interact with money. And here's the thing that I'm learning about our great God. God doesn't want something from us. God wants something for us. If you can hold on to that truth, it'll radically change how you live. God doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. When it comes to money, God does not want something from us. He wants something for us. Now, here's the cool thing about a message like this today. If you're here and you say, you know, I'm not a Christ follower. You know, I lost a bet with a friend, had to come to church, something like that. You are under no obligation whatsoever to do anything that we're going to talk about today. None. You can just sit back and relax and enjoy your Skittles. All right. So there's no obligation for you to do anything that we're gonna talk about today. But if you are a Christ follower, God's got some very clear things to say in the Bible about how we interact with money because our relationship with God is directly tied to how we deal with the money that we have been entrusted with. But remember, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Now, when it comes to our culture and money, we live in an and society, Let me say that again. We live in an and society. Take a look at this for an explanation. So we live in an and culture. We like it when we can have this and that. We often want the best of both worlds. We want our cake, and we want the ability to eat it too, which is a really weird figure of speech, because who wants cake that you can't eat, right? (laughs) But the point behind that figure of speech is this you can't have two things that are incompatible. There are some things in life that just don't go together. There are some things that you have to choose between this or that, that we can't have this and that. And there are many examples of that in our world. And here's just a few examples for you. Um, Do we have any football fans? Here. Anybody excited football season has started? Yeah. All right. Eagles. No. How in the world? From Pennsylvania even. All right. So I grew up a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. So any Pittsburgh Steeler fans? Yeah, there's a few. There's three of us here. That's awesome. That's great. So my family is from north of Pittsburgh. And all I can ever remember is cheering for the Steelers. And here's what you know if you know anything about Pittsburgh. If you know football history, you know they have a few rivalries out there. And one of them would be with the Dallas Cowboys. So here's what you know. You can be a Steeler fan or you can be a Cowboy fan. You cannot be both. It's just not possible. And I know I married a Cowboy fan. So my wife cheers for anybody who's playing against the Steelers. I mean, she she doesn't care who it is. She doesn't care if it's a high school team. She's going, go, beat them, beat them. She, She loves Dallas. So you can't be a Steeler fan and a Cowboy fan. Now, here's another thing you have to choose between. You cannot have a daily diet of junk food and a healthy heart and healthy body. It's not possible. Some of us are trying to prove that wrong. But it really isn't possible for us to eat garbage all the time and then have a healthy heart and healthy body. We have to choose one or the other. Now, here's a little bit more serious example. I've met with too many people where I've had to say, you can choose alcohol or you can choose your family. But you can't choose both. You see, alcohol addiction and good family life don't go together. You can't have both. I've even sat in my office with a flip chart. I've drawn a, a squirrely-looking picture of a bottle of alcohol, and I've drawn stick-figure people representing their family. I've said, you can have one or the other. You choose, but you can't have both. Jesus says that very interesting thing, this either-or statement when it comes to money. In Luke chapter 16, in verse 13, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's interesting that Jesus makes that comparison for us with God and money. You know, as I read that, I would think Jesus would say, you can't serve both God and Satan. That's how I would interpret that. That's how I would read that. That's probably what I would say if I was in that moment speaking, but Jesus didn't say that. He said, you can't serve God and money at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. Now, I don't know how you read the Bible, but there are moments that I read verses and I go, I'm not so sure about that one. I don't know if that is really true. I'm not so sure that I agree with what I read in print. And that's how I felt about that verse for many years. I thought, you know what, I just don't think that is really true. I don't think God really knows me that well. I think I could probably serve him and money at the same time. And there was a season of my life where I was trying to prove God wrong in that verse. And so years ago, I got invited to a network marketing meeting by a friend of mine. I don't know if you've been to one of those, but it's usually an opportunity for you to make some extra money, start a new career, something selling a product or a service to people that that might be interested in that. And this guy who was making the presentation, he had made over $60,000 in just a few months. And that got my attention. Like, whoa, what do you mean, $60,000 in a few months? At the time, I was making about $30,000 a year. I'm thinking, whoa, that'd be fantastic. That'd be great. So, So I went to listen to this guy, and the cool thing was that he was a Christ follower, and he had this extra sales pitch that went like this. Imagine what you could do for God if you signed up with this company. I mean, you could quit your job You could donate all your time to church or another organization. You could be a full time missionary. You could support people all around the world. You could do all these amazing things for God if you signed up with this company. And I was hooked. I was, like, excited. I saw dollar signs and crosses everywhere. Like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. So I grabbed the nearest credit card I could find. And thankfully, it was mine. And I I gave it to him. And I said, I don't even care about the $1,500 sign-up fee. I don't even care about that. Because guess what? I'll pay it off next week when I get my first check. And then my card was declined. I'm going, wait a minute. My card was declined? What does that mean? So I did the most spiritual thing I knew to do at that time, and that was to ask God to bless my second credit card. (laughs) So I got another credit card out, and I said, God, let me remind you of all the cool things that I can do for you if you just allow this $1,500 to squeeze its way into this credit card. So please allow this to happen. And you got to be careful what you pray for, because sometimes God just might give it to you. And he did. He allowed that to go through. And so I signed up, and I was all excited about this new adventure that I was going to be on. And we were encouraged to begin the recruiting process. We were told, listen, everybody is a recruit. Everybody you see, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter if they can walk or talk yet, doesn't matter. Everybody you see is a potential recruit for your business. And so if they sign up under you, then that means you get more of a bonus check when bonus time comes around. So anybody and everybody you should be talking to. So again, everybody I saw had a little dollar sign on their forehead, and so I started recruiting as many people as I could. I talked to family, I talked to friends, I talked to coworkers, I had a meeting at my house. I invited them all to my house for this meeting, and they sat down, listened to this guy, cast a big vision, and it was really cool. I went to Jacksonville to reconnect with an old college roommate, and I thought, if I could just tap into his resources, I could step into Jacksonville and, and have the resources there and go beyond that, and we're heading north. We'll end up in Canada, it'll be so fantastic. I'm going to be able to tap into so many different people. I was excited and ready to make some money and ready to prove God wrong when it came to this verse. And after several months of work, no one signed up. None of my friends, none of my coworkers, no one else signed up under me. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with these people? Don't they see this incredible opportunity in front of them? Either that or they saw something else that was coming around the corner. And a few months after that, the company went bankrupt. And my wife and I lost $1,500. Now, for us at that time, for now, even now, that's a lot of money. And after I slammed face first into the sidewalk of reality, God reminded me of a verse. Proverbs 23, 4, and 5. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. And I'm reading that wondering where was that verse? You know, back when I was so eager to sign up, when I'm pulling out credit cards, where was that verse? It wouldn't have mattered because I wasn't listening. I actually think God was trying to say something to me when that first card was declined. And I just had my fingers in my ears going, I don't care, I am gonna prove you wrong on this one. Now, I am not saying that network marketing opportunities are bad. Please don't hear that from me. I've got some friends that are involved in network marketing. A number of you might be involved in that. and I think there's some great opportunities. I think if you have a great perspective on that, I mean, you can really help yourself and help a lot of people uh, with that. But the point for me was that I was trying to prove God wrong when it came to serving him and money at the same time. And when I look back at that time frame in my life, it really saddens me what people had become to me People had become an opportunity for me to get a a check. People were an opportunity for me to get money. People weren't people anymore. I mean, I wasn't really that interested in helping someone else out with their needs other than to maybe cast a little vision. Hey, think about your financial dreams coming true as well if you sign up under me. But I wasn't really interested in what was going on in their world, what was happening in their lives, the struggles that they were facing. I was interested and using them for what I could use them for and help me out. And occasionally I get asked to look at a network marketing thing, and so far I've declined all those. Because Here's the deal for me as a Christ follower. I want to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ more than anything else. More than anything else. When I interact with people, I want to see people and their need for Jesus or more of him, more than anything they could ever do for me. I don't want anything in return. When I interact with people, I want something for them, not something from them. And when it comes to our relationship with God, that's what God wants for us. God wants something for us, not something from us. In every aspect of our relationship with him, you read the Bible, anytime you see a do this or don't do this, God wants something for you, not something from you. For all of us, in every aspect, especially when it comes to money. Now, the sad thing is, is that most of us don't believe God on that. We don't believe that God wants something for us. Most often, we just think God wants something from us. A few years ago, my son and I were somewhere, and he asked me to buy him some candy. And I don't always do that, but in that moment, I felt okay about that. And so I bought him some candy. And you may notice around you there's some Skittles I encourage you to enjoy. If you haven't enjoyed the rainbow yet this morning, feel free to enjoy that the rest of the service. Actually, why don't we all go ahead and open them right now, and then we won't feel weird about trying to open them here in a minute. So ready? Let's open them. One, two, three, tear. Good job. There you go. Feel free to enjoy those as I continue my story. So I buy my son some candy. And while he is devouring this candy, I said, hey, buddy, can I have some? And my son pulled it away and said, no, it's mine. Now, as the giver of great candy in that moment, I'm thinking, you little stinker. A moment ago, you didn't have candy, and I gave you candy, and you don't want to share that candy with me, the one who gave that to you. Do you understand what you're saying? Do you understand that I don't need your candy? I don't. I can buy my own candy. I can, in fact, buy so much candy that you would think you had died and gone to candy heaven. I don't need your candy. And as his dad, I didn't want something from my son. I wasn't after my son's candy. I wanted something for my son. You know, I want for my son, I want for all my kids to have a heart of gratitude when they're given anything and a willingness to share that with anybody around them because they understand, hey, this kind of stuff in my life, the blessings in my life, it comes from God, and I'm willing to, to share that with somebody else. So I processed my son through that, used it as a teachable moment, and I'm I'm proud to say my my son is a great giver. My kids are are great givers and I'm I'm really proud of them for that. But the reality for me, the reality I think for a lot of us is when it comes to money, we feel like God wants to take something from us. He doesn't want to give us something. So we interact with God in a really awkward kind of a way when we feel that way. And so we, here's what we do with our money. We take money like this, we clench it in our hands and we raise our hands to God in, in kind of a worship kind of experience. So if you're a Christ follower, you may hold tightly onto your money, white knuckle it and say, God, do you want some? And we hope he says no. And if he says, sure, I'll I'll take some, we have this little tug-of-war thing going on because he can't get it out of our hands. We're holding on so tightly. And the reason is we don't trust him. We don't trust God with our money. We don't believe that he wants something for us. We just think he's trying to take something from us. Listen to what Psalms 24 says. It says, the earth is the Lord's, And everything in it, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So you know that stuff in your house? It belongs to God. That stuff in your room? It belongs to God. That car you drive? It belongs to God. That money in your bank account or used to be in your bank account? Yep, it belongs to God. Everything in this world belongs to God. There's nothing that will come into your possession that wasn't placed there by God and doesn't already belong to him. There's nothing that will come into our hands that doesn't already belong to God. And we need to remember where all the blessings in our lives come from. Now, here's a problem with worshiping God with clenched fists, as we worship God with clenched fists and with whatever we're holding on to, whether money, relationship, health, job, career, whatever, it doesn't matter. We, we try to control so many things in our lives. And as we worship God this way, guess what? God has a difficult time putting anything new into our lives. That's kind of a weird thing to say because nothing's too hard for God, but you know, follow me for just a second. So when we approach God like this, Makes it difficult for God to place something new in our lives. So what God wants us to do is he wants us to approach him with open hands. So I'd love for you to do that with me for just a moment. So take your hands like this, clench them tight, and then open them slowly. That's the way God wants us to interact with him. Trusting that God wants something for us, not something from us. again, Jesus knows the power of that principle. And that's why he says in Luke 16, you can't serve both God and money. You got to choose one or the other. And here's another thing that Jesus knows. He says, you can serve God with your money. You can serve God with your money. Here's what we can't do. Here's what many of us try to do, but we never should do. We take God and we ask God to worship our money. And we say, God, would you bless this dollar bill? Make it a $1,000, that'd be fantastic for me. Make it a million dollars, that'd be even better. We shouldn't do that. But what we can do, what Jesus says, is we can take our money and we can make it serve our God. We can say, God, this is yours. It's not mine. It didn't come into my hands by my abilities. You gave me the abilities to earn this money. So God, it's yours. I give this money to you. I give this relationship to you. I give this job to you. I give my health to you. I give whatever to you. It's yours. Use it as you see fit. And as we approach God this way, guess what God does? God trusts us with things that are way more important than this. And yes, there are things out there that are way more important than money, Jesus actually talks about it in Luke 16, a few verses before we looked at verse 13. Jesus says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So Jesus says, if you can't be trusted with this to interact with this well, You won't be trusted with things that really matter and last for all of eternity. If you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So how we handle the Skittles that we've been given determines what else God places in our hands. How we handle our money, how we handle the stuff that God has put in our lives is directly tied to our spiritual growth. You cannot separate them. We can't say my spiritual growth is over here and I'm doing fine, but I'm controlling all my money and all my stuff. We can't say that. There's no way to separate that in our relationship with God. So if we keep our hands clenched around our stuff, then God knows he can't trust us with more things that he wants to put in our lives. But if we open our hands to God, then God says, listen, I'm gonna trust you with something that will last for eternity, not just something that'll last for a few years and then decay and rot away. I'm gonna trust you with stuff that'll last forever. And we're not talking just about you know, living in a mansion in heaven, walking the streets of gold. I mean, that's a reality of heaven, but Christianity is not an opportunity for us to manipulate God so we can get more heavenly Skittles. That's not what it's about. When we approach God with open hands, we do so because of who he is, not because of what we can get out of him. We approach him that way because he always wants what's best for us, even in those painful moments of life, even in that moment of great struggle, God wants something for you, not something from you. So how do we reconcile this in our own lives? What do we do with this tension between serving God and, and serving money? How do, we, how do we determine that we want to serve God? And here's one of the first things that I think we need to do, and that is learn how to approach God with open hands. We don't do that naturally. I mean, generally, anytime we get something that's placed in our hands, we we clench it quickly. We hold on to it tight, and we wanna control it as well as we can. And God says, listen, open your hands. With whatever you have in there, just open your hands and trust me so that I can do what I want to do in your life. Now, I know some people are struggling financially. And I I know that's part of a reason why we hold on to things, especially money. We hold on to it because we're struggling with it and we're working so hard to to make ends meet. We're working so hard to pay the bills, pay the medical bills or whatever. And we're, we're kind of panicked about that. And so we feel like I have to control all of this in order for it to go well in my life. And I think Jesus wants us to know today, just open your hands to me. Trust me with this. Matthew chapter 6 talks about if we put God first, God will meet all of our needs. And there was a moment in my life, my wife's life, about a year that we lived in Matthew chapter 6, reading it over and over and over and over again, because we were struggling so much financially. And the thing that God echoed to us over and over and over again was, open your hands and trust me, and I will meet your needs. And God did. So today, will that be the thing that you open your hands to? Will will that be the thing that you say, God, I'm just going to open my hands to you with my money? Now, for some of you, God might be talking to you about this thing called tithing. And tithing is the spiritual practice of giving 10% of your income back to God through a local church, something that God asks us to do for followers of his. And you might be freaked out thinking, oh, here's the moment, here's the big ask. Listen, I understand. I mean, I felt that exact same way. You may have every excuse in, in the book why you can't do that. You can't afford it. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I've said that stuff to God. But again, Will you trust God in your relationship with him and say, God, I trust that you want something for me, not something from me? Maybe you're in a good place financially and maybe God's whispering to you, you know what, I've placed some resources in your hand so that I can move them to somebody else's hand, somebody who's in need. Like, will you open your eyes to the needs that are around you, to the people that might be sitting right next to you that might have a need where you could be used by God to bless them. If you're clinging tight to your stuff, you're not going to be able to do that. But if you open your hands to God, God will bless someone else because he has blessed you. Now, you might be here today as as someone who says, listen, I'm not a Christ follower. I'm just checking this thing out. Maybe you've been wrestling with holding on to your life and controlling your life for so long, and you are exhausted. And maybe today's the day where you just say, you know what? I'm just going to, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm gonna trust you with my life. I'm gonna give you my heart. I'm gonna become a believer in Jesus today and trust that God, you want something for me, not something from me. Now I'm gonna pray and our worship team is gonna come out and they're gonna guide us through a final song today. And as they do that, I just encourage you, whatever is going on in your world, maybe whatever you are holding on to, I mean, just talk to God. Have a conversation during this song about something that you might be clinging tightly to, trying to control. And I encourage you during this song, either physically or figuratively, open your hands during the song and say, God, I'm gonna trust you because I know that you want something for me, not something from me. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the power of your written word, and the truth that Jesus shares with us. Lord, the reality that Lord, we can't serve both God and money, that we have to choose between one or the other. Lord, in so many different areas of our lives, whether it's money or relationships or jobs or careers or health or Lord, whatever, we tend to control. We tend to hold on to things tightly We tend to try to want to figure it out and and have it all neatly planned and packaged. And yet there are so many times, God, where you just come to us and say, open your hands. I have something for you, not something that I want from you. So I pray that Lord, you would remind us of that truth on a regular basis, that we would understand deeply to the core of our beings that you are a great, big, generous God, and you always want something for us. Even when we're struggling in life, even those moments of pain and struggle and, and issues that we can't resolve, you want something for us, not something from us. So Lord, I pray that Even as we check out at Walmart and we're standing there looking at the candy, wondering if we should buy some, I pray that we would be reminded that you are a big, generous God who wants something for us, not something from us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. We're so glad that you are here with us today. And uh, what we were just checking out, Women of Faith, that is coming up very soon. So, if you are a woman, it is coming up September 20th to 21st uh, in Orlando. And if you are interested in going, it's going to be a great time uh, for you to be able to get to know other women here at Epic. It's going to be a great time, as they were saying, uh, to hear some powerful stories, to hear some great teaching about the Bible, and have some amazing worship together uh, in Orlando. So if you are interested, the deadline is quickly approaching. And so we need you to sign up. In fact, today we have an area in the back. Uh, you can see Robin today right after the service and please sign up. The cost is only $105 and that covers your hotel room for one night and also the ticket to the event as well. And so we would love for you to be a part of that uh, because the deadline is next week, September 1st. So either see Robin in the back and sign up there and you can pay there as well, or uh, sign up online as well at The church.com as well. Well, today we have a new message series uh, or a new message that we are starting with today. And so we just hope that you have a great day today and just sit back and enjoy the rest of the service. Well, I just want to tell you a little bit about our small group environments that are starting up pretty soon here. Uh, if you haven't jumped into one of our small group environments, maybe that's something that you've been kind of holding on to, but I just want to really encourage you to just jump into one of our small group environments. And one of the first ones that we'd love for everyone to jump into first is Starting Point. And uh, on your seats, you have a card uh, with the information of each of those environments. So if you would turn to the side that says Groups at Epic, and I'm going to walk through these groups and you can follow along, but some of the groups that we have is Starting Point, and so It's simply an eight-week conversational small group environment where you explore the story of God and begin to experience community. And so if you are someone who is just checking out this whole God thing and have tons of questions, uh, it's a great place to start out. If you are new to Christianity or you're a new Christ follower, it is a good place to start to build a good foundation. If you've been walking with God for a while or here at Epic, it is a great place to start because it's a place where you can get to know people and find out the heartbeat of what drives us here at Epic. And so we would love for you to be a part of Starting Point. And then if you've been through Starting Point, we would love for you to join uh, Next Step. And Next Step is our seven-week conversational small group environment where you explore the journey Uh, Of what it means to become like Christ and also grow in our relationships with God and others. And it's just very foundational in understanding what it is that He desires for us uh, to be and where to go as well. And then, if you've been through both of those environments, we would love for you to come out to our group link event. Uh, which is the place where you can jump into a community group. And we have community groups for men, women, and couples, and they last 18 months. And it's a place where you can belong. It's a place where you can be prayed for, where you can study the Bible. And so we would love for you to get involved in our community groups. We'd love for everyone to be a part of one of our small group environments. And so on the other side of the card it has the details. Uh, groups on September 15th, after each service, there will be a starting point and next step intro. And so right after the service over here uh, in the teacher's lounge, we will have a place for you to be able to sign up, jump into a group, lock in, and groups will short start shortly after that. If you've been through starting point and next step, we have a group link event that evening at 6pm at Palm Coast Community Church. And so what would really help us out is if you would pre-register for all these, just go to the uh, web address on the bottom of this uh, page. Go to theepicchurch.com slash small groups and pre-register for each of these group environments. That will help us to understand how many of you are desiring to jump into these small group environments and help us out as we plan for that as well. And then... um, As we've been mentioning the last several weeks, uh, Financial Peace University is about to start up, and that is our nine week uh, conversational environment where you begin, as we were talking about today, to learn how to control your finances better. We can all learn on how to do that even better, and it's through uh, the expert Dave Ramsey. And so maybe you've heard him on TV, maybe you've heard him uh, on the radio as well. And so it's just a great curriculum to go through. Uh, If you are interested in that, if you could see Gary Antosh at the Connection Center today, or you can sign up on online, there is a preview night this Thursday night, and that kind of locks you in. So you can go there that night, check it out, make a decision, are you in uh, for this round? And we would love for you to be a part of that as well. And then if you call Epic your home, Um, There's two ways that you can give. You can give through the giving boxes located at the end of each section or online. And that's a way that simply that you can give back. You can give and affect the lives that are around you, the lives that are back in the kids' areas, our community, uh, those around the world. And that's what making that investment does. It continues to do what God desires for us to do and be here right here in Palm Coast uh, as well. And then... um, would you check out this video as we've been kind of talking about volunteers the last couple of weeks
2: my name is Jamie Harding I've been coming to epic for about a year and eight months give or take maybe a little longer my life's been changed coming to epic um, in so many ways is it's, it's totally made change the way I look at everything it's like every Sunday I get something out of the message it touches it touches my heart it actually gives me chills All I've gotten involved in serving I, I, um, I help. I'm on the prep team. I help set up every Sunday, and, and you know, you come here in the morning. It's a cafeteria, and when we leave, it's a it's a church. Uh, it's amazing to come back in and, and see see all the people coming here to, to worship, and and knowing that I can be a part of it. You know, knowing that I may have been a help to, to get somebody to to you know closer to God. I hope through serving that my serving will bring other people closer to the Lord, and maybe maybe touch them in the way it's touched me and maybe help them to serve help them to give back you know it's what it's all about is giving you know it's a life-changing experience
1: that's something God wants for us. It's not something from us. It's something that we can be a part of, of seeing, just like Jamie said, his life changed. the lives around us change as you serve. And so uh, there is a card on your seat. And if you would take that card on the back of it, there are tons of opportunities to serve here at Epic. And then if you would choose one of those areas, fill out the card, turn it in at our Connection Center. And if you go this way, there's a table over here as well that you can turn into, and then someone will connect with you. And it's a great way to jump in, get to know other people, and see life's change. And so would you do that today uh, as you depart? And then also, next week, we are starting a brand new series called Missing Ingredient. And so you won't want to miss that series as we begin that series next week um, as well. And then finally, if you are new with us today, we're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, If you would like more information about Epic, please stop by our Connection Center. Talk to someone. They have some information for you back at the Connection Center. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Have a great day.